Assalamu alaikum and welcome to episode 8 of the Hijabi Culture podcast. My name is Halima, creator and founder of Hijabi Culture. This episode is with Umema Makda. Some of you may know has Mema Lifts on Instagram and TikTok. In this episode, we talk a lot about finding your space and creating space for yourselves in areas where you might not be visible. And I don't want to get too much into it, so let's hand over to Umema. Hello. Hi, you okay? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Um, I'm very unwell, I'm very tired, um, and I'm very snotty. Oh no, how's that? <laughs> Is it because of the I think I got flu like last week, and I went anyway yesterday, and then because I was like screaming so much at other people, my throat is not very good. Oh no, but I hope <laughs> you get well soon, I'm sorry if I put so much pressure on you. It's um, alright. Um, so, um, I think was going to say do you want to introduce yourself hi my name's Mayma I'm a Gymshark athlete and I also work as a medical dosimetrist and that just sounds so nice and fluent um but I just wanted to say that I previously I've done stories on Umema um I started when the hijabi culture first started she was the first story on there and then when I started my professional job I really really wanted to get Umema's story in the paper I've always done it from a distance I've always made it like we, we know each other but I think I'm going to address it now that me and Mayma have known each other for a very long time now, over 10 years, wow. which is crazy. Um, wow, ten, no, 10 years already. Yeah. <laughs> you made me feel uh, so old. <laughs> I, imagine, I was just thinking, year seven was, we were 11 and now we're 23, you're turning 24 very soon. Wow. Uh, yeah, so, thanks yeah. for the reminder, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been a very, very long time and... The Umayyama that I knew then in year seven, I did not think that this was where you were heading at yeah. all. So do you want to talk a bit about your journey and how it's been over the past couple of years? You know what? I've just, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I've just left it, like, I've just left it to Allah. I've just taken a back seat. You know what I mean? I've just let things happen. Um, like I never, when I finished high school and I finished A-levels and stuff, I never planned to go down this route it kind of just happened by accident but it was a good accident like I did my degree and I got my job and all that normal stuff what everyone seems to do but then on the social side I don't know I feel like things just kind of picked up on themselves and I was like oh, okay I can totally turn this into a thing and then I've just kind of just gone with the flow and here I am today I think anybody listening to this who knows you can say that you definitely took a backseat in most of it it was like those things that like, <laughs> wow Umema would turn up for an exam and be like, oh yeah, I haven't revised for it. I'm just going to wing it. I revised the night before for all my A-levels. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was just like, oh yeah, I haven't done that. Um, I'll come <laughs> the next few. Oh, there there was just always before. something. And somehow Umema like just got away with it. I think she just laughed it off and people <laughs> were like, fine, just leave her to it. But yeah, definitely agree with the way that you said that. Um, <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> But in a positive way, like some people, they don't stress too much. And I think that's a good quality to have because I'm a massive overthinker. And I'm, mm-hmm. even if I try hard, I'm just like, I'm going to fail anyway. It's fine. Um, but I think your optimism is very good. Like, I think it's good that you're that optimistic. Thanks. I think and it's important to like, try not to stress about things that are out of your control. If things happen, then they happen. And if they don't, it's fine. Like, something else will in your life. You can't always map everything out exactly the way that you want it to be. 
And I remember th- this time we were stressing for an exam and you said, oh, well, my mom said to me, fail to prepare and prepare to fail. And I was <laughs> like, oh, my God. that Was that life advice, right? That then? was life advice from then, yeah. I was just like, oh, my God, I need to remember that. And every now, every time now I'm, like, doing something, I'm like, if I don't prepare for it, I'm going to fail. So, oh, yeah. I'm put a trademark on that or something now. Yeah, Umiyama's mum said that, though. <laughs> So yeah, I just think that when I'm scrolling through my Twitter my Twitter feed first and then my Instagram feed or wherever I'm scrolling and you just pop up, I just think, wow, like, that's my best friend. And I just found it so cool. You know what as well? Like sometimes it hasn't really saturated what's been happening. And then when I tell other people that, oh yeah, I went to the Gymshark opening. Oh yeah, I've done shoots. Oh yeah, I've been on BBC Radio. Like, I don't know. I feel like I downplay a lot of things and I don't really recognise my achievements for what they actually are until afterwards. And why do you think you do that? Um, I don't know. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, I don't, I don't like to think that my social platform gives me a one-up on other people. I like to think that I'm just basically the same person as I was 10 years ago when I didn't have any socials I think it's important to stay humble and still recognize that it doesn't make you any better than anyone else and at the same time at the end of the day we're all going to go to the same place in the end you know what I mean like I've never understood people that have social platforms and try and exploit people because of it and try and get free stuff and try and you know just milk people for their money and stuff like that it's just never been like that way for me um it's kind of just like a fun thing and I wouldn't use it for that if you get what I mean yeah so you're very much grounding yourself in that sense and I think that's important because when we look into social media now and we see all the impact it has on people's lives um and sometimes you can just see how negative it can be um and I think it's important that when we do use our platforms we do them knowing that whilst you might help people and you might be showcasing something positive that social media in itself can be quite what people see on your account might affect them negatively even though you Mm -hmm. don't mean that but I think um a big part of wanting to speak with you was just how big that everything has got for you but how do you manage that working your hospital role um then gym and then doing the social media side of it all how's that balance it's very 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 stressful sometimes I have like gaps in my posting schedule because I just I don't have any motivation to post I can't really be bothered to edit um because it's like my job is four days full time but it's 10 hour shifts um and it's really difficult to like edit on my lunch break or my break I'm not going to use my break to do other jobs do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so by the time I get back it's like seven and then I've got to edit in like half an hour but you need to you can't just put together a video you need to make sure it's something that's like trending and it can be a a lot to balance yeah and if you were offering advice to anybody on there because you've been doing it for a fair bit now what advice would you give um don't post in the hopes of going viral post what you enjoy yeah what you want to make because if you keep trying to post stuff with the expectation that it's going to do numbers on social media then it can really affect like your self-esteem and stuff and what's been the best bit about this journey so far like starting off as Mima lifts and it was it 2020 that you started um 2019 I think I don't know it's been so long which is part of my life now <laughs> so what's the best bit about all of this um it's when 
it's when people come to you with like stories of how your content has affected their lives and it makes you realize that you know these people that are seeing your stuff are not like they're real people they're not just numbers on a screen or usernames to like when people say oh I've shown my daughter or uh, my family your posts and stuff and I'm like oh wow it's mad that like me just doing this silly little edit can like affect people in that kind of way and if we go back to the like the root of hijabi culture and it's something that I babble on about all the time, it's about showcasing hijabi women who are doing different things and it's about challenging the stereotype of hijab in the media. Mm-hmm. So when I saw what you were doing originally, and I think, um, not to toot your horn, but I think <laughs> when I saw you and I saw what you were doing, it made me think that, yeah, she's wearing a scarf and she's doing this and that's not an issue but we need to showcase that there's women like her women in all fields doing big things but we're just not seeing it because we're not getting the coverage so you could say that you were the reason why I started hijabi culture Uh, (laughs) (laughs) no but I just think it was really important that we showcase that hijabi women can do anything Mm -hmm. and there's no barriers or limits so What's your hijab journey been like? Um, well, it was kind of like, it wasn't anything that was forced. I did it out of free choice when I was like literally, what, 12 in year six. I remember, I think I've told you this before as well, that the first day I went to school with a hijab on, my teacher asked me if it's Eid. Because <laughs> she just didn't know. And I was literally the, first, like, the only girl in my entire school that wore a hijab. Um, and then obviously through high school that was all good and then with the gym though it's been a bit of a battle because I've had to kind of find my own way of dressing in a way that doesn't obviously disrespect hijab but at the same time is sort of functional so it's been a bit difficult in that respect but I feel like the way I dress now would have been a no-go when I first started because I was like, that's just too conservative. But now looking back, I'm like, why did I dress like that? That was so bad. So I've literally deleted all my old content because it's just so, um, well, it doesn't align with my uh, values today. But I think that's what, it's that journey that you have to go on to find yourself. Because I know going into a gym can be daunting just in itself, going there with lots of people, mm-hmm. but then having to be like a standout kind of person there because you don't look like everybody else. Yeah, I think the journey that you've been on, you you can now say, oh, I wish that I hadn't done that, but I think it's taken taken you to where you are now. Yeah, hundred percent. And had you not made those mistakes or done that, you might not be in this position. So, do you want to talk about a bit about your fitness journey and what you've done and what you plan on doing in the future? Um, to be honest, I just do it because it's something I enjoy. I'm not really training for anything in particular. Um, I'm just doing it because it's literally my outlet and I want to share that with other people. Um, and yeah, I feel like it's just become a journey of breaking my own limits and my own capabilities because the stuff that I'm doing today, two years ago, I would have thought I'm never going to get to that level. So it's kind of just been a gradual upward obviously nothing is linear so there's always been downs but that's part of the journey and I've learned to accept that and actually embrace that because there is no good without bad and there's no bad without good and you wouldn't know either thing without the the other thing so um it's been it's been insane to like see how things have changed over the past two years 
and I'm like really grateful for it. So how do we go from Mema who played bench ball and <laughs> hated it and complained about it? I to... used to love PE. I don't know what you're talking about. I used to love the competitive, competitiveness <laughs> of it. Um, I still I miss team sports. You know, I really do. Yeah, I now that I now that I think on it because I do everything by myself, I'm just like, mm, maybe I do like that competitive nature, yeah. but I don't like all with your friends and stuff as well. Like, if I could go back to one class, I think it would be PE. Yeah, I, I know it was just like some, it was just you know some people just really got to you at that point, and you're just like, oh my god, why are they like this? But yeah. um, it, yeah, I I don't like the side that the I don't like the competitive side of me. It does horrible things. So <laughs> <laughs> I I wouldn't go back to team sports. Um, but what what was that initial step into fitness like? Going to the gym and trying to build a routine and that kind of stuff. I had no idea what I was doing. So I was just doing anything, really. I was just it was very random. And I've had to kind of teach myself everything because I didn't know how to do any routines. I didn't know how to use things. But slowly, slowly like my Instagram, I never started it to be an influencer. I started it as a as a way of self-like documentation. So seeing my own progression as well from like the first post and how crap my form was and what the hell I was doing to now is actually quite crazy. And did you always go in with the weightlifting mindset or were you there to like do cardio, that kind of strength training, that kind um, of stuff? I think I always set out to not do cardio all the time because I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've always been into like weightlifting, all the easy stuff. <laughs> yeah, easy. Um, I was showing <laughs> my mum yesterday that, oh, look, she's lifting 165k. Mum was like, it's 65k. I was like, no, I'm telling you, it's 165k. She's like, nobody can lift that much. I was like, he <laughs> is a weightlifter. Like, what are you not getting at this point? Um, but yeah. It's funny. Like, it's funny when like videos go viral as well and people are like doing maths wrong and they're like, oh, that's that's not right. And I'm like, yes, it is. I had to, <laughs> I struggled for that amount of weight. So you're going to acknowledge it for what it is. Yeah. Um, I think um, when you talk about um, like lifting heavy things and it's just really hard to comprehend that that's the way that it is. That, oh, yeah. That's like two whole me's, really, or three whole me's. <laughs> <laughs> that's only, it's only two and 2.3 me's. <laughs> but do you find that really hard to comprehend that you can lift two, 2.3 versions of you? Yeah, and now I, I, I'm, I really want to get three, three me's. <laughs> <laughs> that's the name of the game. <laughs> it's just, uh, just crazy but you've massive ma- managed to like, really build up the strength and is what's the biggest part of this that you need is it the determination is it the perseverance what is the big thing behind it that pushes you just how fun it is really because like you don't push you don't test your limits all the time you only do it like what once every like two three months so all that background work that's been going on then when you finally test that again and you realise that you've actually got stronger. It's mad. Because you, when you do it, you don't actually do it. Do you do it with the intention that you're going to get stronger? Is that just a general session that you do? And then it's just all the work that you put in gradually builds up to you being able to do that? Yeah, so I feel like every session, 
it's slowly, slowly chipping away at trying to get stronger, but you never actually see the results of it until you test your max limits. And was that competition that you were in yesterday the first time you've ever like properly competed? Yeah, so it was like a friendly comp, which is why there wasn't like a uniform policy or anything, because usually if it's like a regional or something that's official, then you have to wear something called a singlet, which obviously doesn't really um, go well with hijab at all, which is the reason why me and like a few other hijabi fitness influencers have just not bothered to compete. Um, and it was for charity as well, so I thought, why not? It would be silly for me to work in cancer and not go to uh, like a because it was for the brain tumor charity mm. uh, so it would be silly for me to not take part in that so I went anyway and what was that atmosphere like it was nice but I like I'm I'm used to being by myself so I kind of <laughs> like it was nice everyone screaming at you and stuff but I felt like it, I was having to do like a bit of a performance act do you know what I mean like I kind of missed I missed my solitude so but it was nice to be feel like you're part of a big bigger community yeah but like when you post your videos and but in the moment you're doing it by yourself but then once you put that video out there then you can be celebrated and you can have that support from other people but in the moment it's just you working on yourself and that celebration comes a bit after yeah so if we talk about advice for younger people and trying to get into fitness and showcasing that hijab wearing women they can do anything they can wait lift, they can go to the gym they can run they can wear their scarves and do it because that's always been a bit of a limiting factor people mm-hmm. say oh I don't feel comfortable going to the gym dressed like this what advice would you give to them um what is it you need to find out what is it that's not making you feel comfortable and you need to try and tackle that so if it's the way that like certain bottoms fit you then look for different alternatives if it's the way that you do your hijab that maybe makes you feel uncomfortable then try a different way try and tackle the issues as to why things are stopping you instead of letting it inhibit you yeah and I remember that you said that when you first started going um you I think this might have been right at the start but you said that you kind of wore a cap sometimes and yeah. or you just wore your scarf but which what do you feel more confident in now going to the gym with your hijab on or would you prefer just to go with the cap I mean to be honest now I've found like a way to style my hijab with a cap so it's a bit like I wouldn't it wouldn't just be like a cap like I'd obviously be wearing my hijab but now I, it doesn't really I'm it's not a conscious decision that I make. I don't think, oh, I'm going to feel more comfortable in this, so I'm going to wear this. It's kind of just like, this goes well with my outfit today, so I'm going to wear that. And I think you've embraced fitness clothing a bit more. With oh, yeah. I think working with Gymshark, you've really gone out there and tried a lot of different styles and things that would suit mm-hmm. you. And is, yeah. do you think that's important in um, like part of the gym life? A million percent, especially as a hijabi, because it's so hard to feel confident. And people are like, oh, yeah, it doesn't affect me. It doesn't affect me. But it, it really does sometimes when, like, other people around you are wearing different things and you're, like, in your hijab and you're wearing 3XL clothing. Um, but it's it's just a matter of finding what you like and a style that makes you feel comfortable. Like, I've got so I've Like, I've really embraced the whole oversized look. But there's so many different like bottoms and t-shirts and stuff that you can wear and like combinations that it's not really something that I would feel like I don't feel confident in anymore and does that confidence make you work better and make you feel more comfortable in the gym um I think it would it stops me from comparing myself to other people a lot and it just kind of 
just helps me just get on with my workout without my outfit making me super conscious and I remember I don't know if you still get this but people always in your comments you always have those couple of people who point things out and I think you've showcased it on your stories a couple of time like they're just the irrelevant comments that people make but how do you deal with them um now I just laugh at them to be honest but I remember back like back in the day when I first got them it used to really affect me but now I kind of just feel sorry for them (laughs) yeah and the fact that they commented on what you were wearing, what you were doing. Mm-hmm. They had some derogatory statements. What is it? Do they fuel you? Do they push you to go out of there and do it more? Or do they kind of say, make you think about it and overthink it maybe and be like, oh, what, what am I doing? Should I be here? Is this space really for me? So when I first, first got those kind of comments, I did kind of second guess my position. And I was like, shall I just delete my page? Shall I just, you know, quit everything? Um, and then now I kind of think well you don't know my story you don't know how I if you think this is bad you should have seen the stuff that I was wearing when I first started mate (laughs) that's why I feel like commenting sometimes but it's just you you just don't say anything you just let let it slide but you know at the end of the day these people don't know like they, they just don't know anything about you apart from this one video and they decide to judge your whole life story on it so I think it's important to realize that these people they don't bring any value to your life it's not even like they're giving constructive criticism because they're gonna say oh yeah you're wearing the wrong thing okay so give me some alternatives and give me some ideas instead of just saying that I'm wearing the wrong thing because that's not very helpful is it and at the end of the day I'm doing the best for me and you can't you can't change that yeah massively and I think it's important that when we talk about it we do address the negative side of it because so many times um with social media and you you put yourself out there because you want to make yourself a better person or generally sometimes I write stories and they're sometimes the most trivial stories but people in the comments will just start having a go at me for no reason (laughs) um and you just think and you just think like how much spare time do you have on your hands like you can just get alive (laughs) yeah and sometimes you brush it under the carpet and you think yeah it doesn't really bother me but when you start picking at it sometimes I think am I really worth is it really worth being in this job and trying your best to push out all the positives and whilst showcasing the negatives because sometimes there are negatives is it really worthwhile if this is the way people are going to treat you mm-hmm. but it's just that thing I always say is just and a lot of the time who who is it that normally picks your faults out is in the comments is it men women it's usually men because I feel like women understand the struggle especially Muslim women they just they get it you know but men I don't know they feel like it's their place to start you know calling people out on things that have no no business even being there for them do you think when they see see you they start to feel very like their masculinity is being questioned yeah and I think that just shows a like a vulnerability in them that's on them you know like at the end of the day just because I've put all this work in doesn't make me less of a woman you know what I mean I feel like if the fact that I'm picking up metal discs on a bar makes you feel less of a man, then you need to man up. <laughs> <laughs> and in what sense do they need to man up? Do they need to start going to the gym or do they need to start questioning themselves and doing the inner work of why is it that I feel this way? 
yeah, I think they need to really just take a look, deep look in the mirror and just try and figure out what's going on because something's not right there if you're feeling intimidated by something like that. Yeah, I think when we talk about like weightlifting and we find that it's quite a a male-dominated sport for Mm -hmm. a long time and then women got into it. But now we've got, when we look on Instagram, we've got so many hijab-wearing women who are like, starting or they're, uh-huh. they're really making their mark in the field what how can we become a fully, how can we make weightlifting a fully diverse sport how can we reach more people and I find that hijab wearing women are sometimes the most isolated people in every field because yeah. even Muslim men will kind of throw them aside and won't support them in what they're doing because they think oh she's not made for this so how do we make Muslim hijab wearing Muslim women feel represented in weightlifting if they can't if they if they choose to go to regionals and bigger um competitions they have to compromise their hijab or the way they're dressing i think we just need to make it more inclusive so we need to look at like policies on uniform and make it more inclusive to people in those minority groups and we need to be able to start supporting them from within our own communities because how do you expect someone to feel confident doing something when their own communities and their own families don't even support them i feel like support starts from within the home so if like your own parents are behind you then how is someone supposed to feel confident in a room full of strangers and you mentioned parental support but what was it like for you because i remember from what i know that you're one of the very few who are big ones would you (laughs) say you're quite big um, I don't like to think so, but yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> like you're one of the very few that I know. That I follow quite a few people, and mm-hmm. um, I know like some of the comp- people that were in the competition with you yesterday. Um, but what was it initially telling, like telling your parents that this is what I want to pursue and this is what I'm doing? Was that a difficult conversation, or was it fairly easy? Um, I wouldn't say it was easy, but it wasn't like the hardest thing in the world. Um, I think sometimes. It- parents are just scared of the unknown you know and it's it's daunting for everyone when you don't know much about it but slowly slowly they've they're on board now <laughs> <laughs> and did it take them a while it's not like you had to convince them that or yeah it's but it, you always want their well wishes in it that you're going oh, out yeah. there you're doing something positive um and you've you've changed so many people's lives. I know that you post things on your stories and little comments that people make, but it is quite inspiring to see the impact that you've had on so many people. Thank you. And do you take that quite lightly or is it something big? Do you see yourself as like a role model for these people? Um, this is again, like I, I downplay a lot of things. So sometimes I don't really, it doesn't really register in my mind about like what's, what other people think and how it's affected other people until I like, properly sit down and think about it. I think it's kind of crazy. So if we think going into the future, what are your plans for weightlifting, your social page? Is there anything that's... Are we going to get Mima Lifts merch? What's your plan? <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> um. Halima, friend to friend, yeah. When have I ever had a plan about something? <laughs> um, True. I'm actually, to be honest, though, I'm actually in talks with um, another fitness influencer about doing 
a fitness related podcast that's just based on issues within the Muslim community and women and weightlifting because it's such a niche and there's no one else doing that solely focusing on the gym so we're in talks about doing that um but apart from that I'm just I'm just riding the wave I'm just gonna see where it takes me (laughs) no that's really good to hear and I think if you start the podcast I think a lot of people will benefit from it um it's a huge it's a massive place that we're seeing more job and women going to gym than ever before and Mm -hmm. there are still struggles that are in place um and whilst you can go out of your way and tackle the problems sometimes it creates more problems Mm -hmm. I I don't know um but yeah I think that would be a really really positive thing um and if we just talk about your professional career how has that helped you get to this point um as in my NHS job yeah to be fair it's just it's just I don't know. Does it, it add to that grounding experience, that work that you're doing with cancer patients? Oh, yeah. And... Yeah, yeah. So it's like, I feel like it's really easy to get carried away. Like when I went to the Gymshark store opening, I found out none of the other athletes have a full time job. I was the only one. Um, and I felt like a couple of them were on like a different planet completely. But for me, because I see like real people day to day, I know how hard it is out there. And I know like I've seen patients and stuff like that. Like it's not easy for anyone and it's important to stay grounded and still recognize that you're not better than anyone else just because you have a social platform so I feel like my real-time job as well has just helped me keep my my brain and my my my, my thoughts in check and do you think that's quite important in that influencer field yes 100% because a lot of them get carried away you know they get a few followers and then they think that they're above everyone else but at the end of the day it's you're you're still a human being do you know what I mean and do you ever feel that social media kind of strips away that human being kind of aspect behind it yes because people always want to post the good things in their life they want to post all the brand new things that they've bought they want to post all the positive things and um all the good side and like all the benefits to being an influencer but in real life you know not everyone is going to appreciate that because that's not real life Mm. And I think it's quite important to acknowledge that it's fake. And no matter how many times people say social media isn't real, they're showcasing the best parts of their life, like they could have had the worst day. When you're a consumer on that platform, it doesn't yeah. feel like that. It feels yeah. like, why is it that they have so many little positive parts of their day when all I have is this, this and this? And it yeah. can be quite really... I found it quite a lot sometimes when I'm just scrolling I'm just thinking she's my age and she's doing this and then a couple of days down the line I kind of like it takes me a couple of days down the line like I, these things don't happen very quickly for me mm. but I was just driving and I'm like well Halima you're here like you're doing yeah. what you want to do and at the end of the day it's what you wanted to do specifically that mm-hmm. you didn't take the path that everybody else took you you wanted to be a bit different and yeah. you got to where you wanted to be so now you've just got to appreciate it you've got to be grateful that you got to do what you wanted to do yeah and I feel like comparing yourself to other people makes you discredit yourself and your own life and your own achievements but you need to really just separate that from your own life because at the end of the day their life it's not gonna it might have been all based on advantages, but you know your own story. You don't know much about them, apart from yeah. what they post on social media. Which might not even be a, 
anywhere close to the truth. Yeah. And what do you, what's the biggest thing that you want to achieve with your platform? If there was one thing that if Miami Lifts came to an end and there was only one thing that you could take from it, what would that one thing be? If Mamer Lifts came to an end. (laughs) (laughs) For people to make space for themselves in areas where they're not seen. And to have the confidence to do that. And how is it that you think that that's what your brand gives off? Because when I started, I say this to everyone, but when I started, there was no one like me for me to look up to. So I had to kind of, force my way into the space I had to learn everything myself I had to face challenges without having anyone else to like get advice from so sometimes you just have to make space for yourself and what can that look like making space for yourself is it it can be lonely um you're gonna face a lot of backlash because it's so unfamiliar that people just don't know how to respond apart from in a negative way um you're going to do wrong things but that's part of the journey um and it takes a lot of hard work and perseverance it's very very easy to give up in the beginning when it's not really working out but if you stick with it like my page for ages wasn't getting anywhere but I just kept doing the same thing and I'm really is now you just have to keep keep pushing really and just keep doing what you enjoy and try not to let people's negative opinions get you down is there a lot of negativity involved in social media, in what you do? There can be, yeah. There can be. And I always, like, when... I, I wouldn't say that I'm the first hijab-wearing journalist because there's millions <laughs> of us. There are millions of us. We just don't... There's just one in every little patch. Yeah. Um, uh, and But still, the communities that I work with people undermine you because they don't think you look at the person who should be doing what the job that you're doing so how do we get past that imposter syndrome of well I'm in the field I'm doing it and I'm doing relatively well how do we get past that you just have to think about all the work that you've put in to even get to that point like you've done all your training you've done all your qualifications you've done all your work experience like you're the the people that you're employed by believe that you deserve to be there so why don't you and a lot of people when they if we look at what you're doing there with the weightlifting it's it's something that a lot of people might be quite unfamiliar with they might not um have seen you before this might be the first time they're hearing about you and they might be thinking oh wow that's really amazing what she's doing but then it's also that thing of well, how do we get that big? Because now she's taken it. She's the first, she's one of the most popular hijab-wearing weightlifters. How do we get to that level? So do you find that there's, with hijab and with it being quite a niche area, that if one person does it, it kind of take, like, the box is ticked and nobody else can, like, follow in that field? Not really. I mean, the box isn't ticked because there's so many other niches that people can get into. Like... I'm just I just weightlift that's basically all I do and the space is big enough for more people to be involved and the more people the more widely accepted it will be the more that our audiences because our audiences won't be exactly the same but this the more confidence that you'd give to people um, you need to think about the impact that it will have even being in the space so I think it's important for people to get involved 
And do you think if more hijab-wearing women got involved in weightlifting, you could then have your own hijab-wearing weightlifting competition? You know what? That is an amazing idea. <laughs> Did I come up with that? <laughs> yeah, I've never thought of that one before. Oh, yay, yay. So if it does happen, I want uh, a little you bit You could of be that. the host. You could be the host. I can be the host. Host. Mike, you, you can host the whole thing. Ah, oh, I'd be too shy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm still awkward. Um, you can face the wall but, and do it, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think there's so much room for advancement in this. And I think the hijab fitness world and industry, there's still so much space for people in there. Yeah. But it's just that thing of wanting to give it a shot and knowing, because you, when I originally spoke with you, you said, oh, I just wanted to try something different uh-huh. or I wanted to just try something. And this is what's come of it. So it's just that thing of taking the chance and trying something. Uh-huh. Yeah, it really is. And if I didn't like doing what I was doing then, then I would have just found something else I did like doing. And did you say that coming into fitness and that kind of thing was mental health related? Yeah, yeah. I think that the mental health impacts are so, like, slept on. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, people don't really realise how much it can affect your mental health in such a positive way. And... Do you find that if you didn't do weightlifting, you'd be in a very different mental health space than you currently are? I think so, yeah. I think I'd need to have some sort of outlet. I don't know. Maybe it would be something else, but I guess we'll never know. More more than anything, are you glad that you found this? Um. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not too angry about it at all. <laughs> because I it's... It's such a niche, but it's so important that you've got to be happy about it and you've got to be, you've got to enjoy it and be enthusiastic about it. Uh So if, let's say, you didn't do it, what impact do you think that would have on you physically, mentally, emotionally? Physically, I think I'd be a blob. I wouldn't feel this healthy. Um, I think it's important as well to recognise that it it does affect so many different aspects of your life. I feel like I wouldn't be, I'd just be doing my job day in, day out. I don't think I'd have any hobbies. <laughs> and you're part of the 5am crew? Um, No, no. <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> I, I swear you go to the gym at five. I used to at uni, but not anymore. Oh. No way, Jose. Oh, I was going to say, because I'm part of the 5am crew sometimes. Oh my God, can I um, relate? Um, but yeah, I think if we talk about mental health and the impacts of exercise on it as well, um, we had Nispa um, a couple of episodes ago and she kind of talked about, from Iman Active, and she talked about how mental uh, her fitness helps her mental health. But sometimes I just don't think I'd be a fully functioning, the best version of myself if I didn't go for my morning run or if yeah. I didn't get my running at some point of the day because it kind of just gives you your time to yourself whilst you're plodding away on the pavement <laughs> and you're seeing the world pass by you and you're just thinking, well, I could just be a boring person sitting behind the car, but I'm actually taking in all these crunchy leaves that I'm stepping on and running up this hill. And, it's... <laughs> <laughs> and it's just that thing that this is your time away, your time to be with yourself. And so many, once you come back, well, once I come back from a run, I feel so motivated. I think, okay, this is what I need to do. Or if there's a problem that I'm thinking about, I, I come up with that solution whilst I'm running. Multitasking, I like it. I like it. 
Yeah, I, I um I use a Nike running app and Coach Benny is just full of so much wisdom. But when I come back after a run, I feel like there, there's so much I can, I've got, I've got this. So is that what you feel like after a good session? Yeah, 100%. Especially when you've like gone for a, a longer run that you thought you're not capable of or doing something in the gym that you thought like you've been scared to do, but now you're all right doing it. Like It's just small achievements like that. I know you're not feeling well, so I don't want to keep you for too much longer. But <laughs> what advice would you give to uh, hijab-wearing girls in this day and age if they want to be the next you and if they want to go into space where then there isn't really anybody for like them already there? What advice would you give them? Don't renounce your faith for sponsorships and brand deals. Don't try and compromise a hijab to like for the appeasement of other people. And just stick with it just do what you enjoy doing and don't let other people affect the way that you think about yourself yeah and that is such good advice thank you so much for speaking with me today no worries it's been amazing speaking to you and get well soon (laughs) thanks thanks so much Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Make sure to review it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Anchor. And make sure to follow us on Instagram at hijabiculture underscore. And before I let you go, I just want to say a huge thank you for listening. And I want to wish you a very happy 2023. This will probably be the last episode of this year. So thank you so much for making some of my dreams come true over the last five months and letting me produce content for you guys and for listening and sharing and supporting the podcast. Hopefully we've got 2023 planned out and we've got so many amazing things coming up. So make sure you stay tuned and once again just follow us on Instagram for all the up-to-date details. It's at hijabiculture underscore. But wishing you a very happy 2023 and I pray that 2022 has been good for you and make sure to reflect Set yourself goals and targets, achievable goals and targets, and I'll see you all in 2023. My name is Halima, this is Hijabi Culture. Assalamu alaikum.